all things New Orleans Saints. This is Who Dat Discussion. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Say they be Powered by Overtime Media. What is up, Who Dat Nation? Welcome into another off-season episode of the Who Dat Discussion. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Golotta. You could follow me on Twitter at Andrew Golotta. And then also, you could follow the podcast on Twitter at the Who Dat Dis. And we have another interesting episode in store for you guys today. As there is no news, which we always say, oh, there's so much Saints news. For this episode, there won't be news. But we get to dive into this Saints secondary, which is to me one of the most intriguing parts of this team. Not only did they play outstanding in 2020, you have a lot of decisions for the Saints to make here with a few of these players. A lot of the impact players are now some question marks if they're going to stay, which to me is really interesting to talk about. And I think we're just going to jump kind of right into those topics. We'll talk about the cornerbacks group, then we'll talk about the safeties, and then we'll finish off our uh, recap of the 2020 season with the with the special teams. And then after that, we're just going to jump here and finish up our um, recaps of the 2020 season. That will be finished. And then we'll move on to this offseason and get into, you know, free agents and kind of talk about that, kind of which free agents do I want the Saints to sign, which free agents that are on the team, you know, who do we want to keep. I've already kind of said it in these recaps, but kind of continuing those conversations, focusing them in a little more. So we're going to get into all of those draft we're going to get into the draft we'll do our mock drafts like we did last uh year which i thought was really fun loved learning about all of these prospects and to me that's just really fun learning about all these prospects because then like you watch the uh the nfl the next year and like oh i know that guy oh i know that guy so i thought that was really fun because last year was the first year i really keyed in on the draft the year before also i was looking on the draft so really these last two years i've really started to just hone in on the draft and now you get to see the players across the league with like oh i know him i remember him from this draft and the other guy from that draft so i do think that's really really fun uh when looking at um the draft and certain players and learning about certain players so to me that is definitely really really fun and then also just, you know, looking at the Saints picks, I think they do, at least, you know, at the front of the draft, they do have a decent amount of picks, more than yet last year and the year before. And we don't know how the comp picks will work out. We don't know how, if they're going to get another draft pick taken away from the COVID thing. We don't know all about that situation yet. It hasn't been really publicized, but that's also a possibility. So those are things we're going to get into as well. But that's just kind of the next steps here for the Houdat discussion, but Let's finish up our recaps here for this episode and just jump right into this cornerback group to start here. Obviously, Marshawn Lattimore, opposite of Lattimore in 2020, was Janoris Jenkins. Both of them played outstanding. And then in a depth role, you saw Patrick Robinson play very, very well. So that was good to see too. And again, to me, that's just really great stuff because those are the main three guys. I mean, like you had Ken Crawley play a few snaps. But he obviously wasn't a big part. Grant Haley played one game. But besides that, he wasn't a big part. Chauncey Garner-Johnson did play the slot for the Saints. But we'll talk about him in the secondary. But he was their nickel corner. Um, So that was interesting to see. I thought he played outstanding. Really started to grow as a player. And you really love to see that. He is a really good player for the Saints. And they found him in the fourth round. I mean, hats off to them. Because he is a real impact player in the secondary. And helps elevate them. Which is just really fun to watch. Because you have him who's kind of that nickel corner box guy can blitz 
Malcolm Jenkins does similar things, but does different, more veteran-type stuff. And then you have Marcus Williams, who's the Ranger safety, which those three just work together really, really well. So I would love to keep those three guys together. And kind of the missing piece that would be Marcus Williams, we'll get into that later, back to the cornerbacks. And he was a really good slot corner, fit in perfectly with this team. Obviously, Lattimore, who really came into his own, I would say, more in the later parts of the season. But he was still really good. I mean, just looking at him, I mean, he's a guy that we saw late in the season. He just, his play was there. It was up there. You look at his playoff games. Both were really outstanding. I mean, looking at it, um, the first playoff game had a 73 pass rating against, and then the second game, 81 pass rating against. Both really solid. He had four PBUs in the two games. I mean, to me, he just played really outstanding in that game against Mike Evans. In the divisional round, only one catch. Then he only gave up three catches the game before. It was really solid. So Lattimore's a guy, he showed in the playoffs, he showed down the stretch that he's a player that the Saints need to keep. Now, those beginning numbers are a little worrisome. The first four games, you see a lot of over 100 passer ratings. You see 118, 158.3, a perfect passer rating. That's not good. 153.3, that's not good. You see a 119 in there. But really, after that beginning part of the season, you saw it really flip. And again, that is really good. I mean, you just look at kind of where those games were, those really first four games. And then once that week seven, week eight point came, He was a different player. He was a really good player. And that's something that, to me, is huge when looking at Lattimore. And it makes him deserving of the long-term deal. And, you know, now we do have a new secondary coach in here with Richard. So we're going to see how that plays out. And Chris Richard, he's a guy that I think could bring a lot out of Lattimore because that potential is there. And you saw it in the playoffs. He was locked down. And if you get that locked down Lattimore in the playoffs throughout the whole season, I mean, it's really sky's the limit for him and this defense. We know he is the key to the defense. And with Lattimore, I mean, he's a guy, if he can shut down a side of the field, shut down the best receiver, that is just so, so big here when looking at this this Saints secondary. And that's why I do re-sign him long-term. He's kind of the first question mark. What do the Saints do with Marshawn Lattimore? And if it's me, I give him a big contract. I mean, maybe not the highest cornerback contract. I don't think he deserves that yet, but he deserves a big five-year contract, probably $90 million, whatever it ends up being. And the Saints could extend him, then take his cap hit down this year and spread it out and back-end it over the five years. And then by that fifth year, the salary cap is going to be huge, probably like over $250, $270 million, And the Saints will be in fine shape to pay a lot of more and everyone else. And you give them the guaranteed money, give them all that stuff. And to me, I do see Lattimore staying with the Saints team for a long time. He's a guy that, if he's playing good, the Saints defense is playing good. He adds them to really a different level and that next level to be a really solid elite defense. He does do that, and he's a part of that. I mean, you're just looking at that second half of the season. He was really elite. I mean, you just go down the games, you see a lot of um, sub-100 passer ratings. You see a lot. You see a 39 in there, a 98, 77, 73, 80. All of them are in there. So obviously that is just really good stuff when looking at Lattimore and his ability to play. I mean, you just look at um, that end of the season was just so, so solid. And you're hoping that he'll continue that into next season. I think he will. And now that's kind of the, the characteristic with Lattimore. At the beginning of the season, always gets off to kind of slow starts. And that's something that is worrisome. It's it's very, very worrisome. But maybe with a new coach, he changes that. But even if you get that end of the season play, I mean, that's just really big. And that's so, so important when you go into the playoffs and you have a lockdown corner. Because that's what the Saints had this year. Lattimore was that good in the playoffs. And that's why I think he deserves the big contract extension. Now we need him, once we he gets that extension, he has to take that next step. Just like Michael Thomas. He got a big extension, took the next step. 
Alvin Kamara, he got the big extension. He took the next step. Now we need Lattimore. He's been really good. He's been an integral part of the team. Now we give him the extension. Take the next step. And that's going to be really important for the Saints. And I think he deserves it. He'll bring down his cap hit. All good stuff there. So that's really what it is with Lattimore. Saints better keep him. I think they need to keep him. I think they will keep him. So that's really what it is with Lattimore. Then you move over to Janoris Jenkins. And he's a very interesting player because the Saints could definitely restructure, cut him. They can do loads of things with him. And he's a guy that is now getting a little up there in age. He is going to be he's 32 right now, but will be 33 in the 2021 season. And then he'll be 34 the next season. And the interesting thing with his contract, if the Saints keep him this year and they restructure him this year to kind of lower his cap hit and keep him on the team, that means they would have to keep him next year, which means I think an extension may be in order instead of a restructure to kind of maybe have a longer term deal, but it's a, maybe a little shorter in money. And it could be back-ended, like whatever the contract ends up being. But I think that may be the case. I do think a cornerback like Janoris Jenkins works really well with Lattimore because he's more of the takeaway guy. He's able to get uh, his hands on the ball. He's able to make big plays. And sometimes he gets beat. But when you have Lattimore and that physical guy, I think those two kind of dynamics work really well together on opposite sides of the field. So I do like Janoris Jenkins' fit in this defense. But the thing is, where is he really right now at age-wise, and that's something that's important. And if the Saints would keep him this year, that means they're keeping him next year as well, which, you know, do you want to give a two-year commitment to, you know, Janoris Jenkins right now, who, I mean, definitely relies on his physical abilities as well. Obviously, a great veteran player understands the game, but also relies on the physical abilities as well. I mean, right now, I'm just looking at his speed was a 4.46. I mean, I don't know how reason that is, but, you know, it's still that 4.46 speed was there at one point. And he's a player that's just so electric. Like, will that go away? I don't think it will. And that's why I would keep him. And I said earlier in this offseason, it's going to be a theme throughout this whole episode. Keep this secondary together. It's the best secondary I've ever seen with the Saints. Keep the group together. They were really good in 2020. And you have a chance to keep them all together for multiple years. Do it. And that's going to be the theme of this episode. And you'll probably see it in the title. Because that's how strongly I feel about it. Um, Just keep this group together. And I think Janoris is a guy. Can you find an upgrade with him? Maybe we don't really know. That's the thing. And when looking at this situation, will the Saints go out and get a Patrick Peterson, who will probably cost, I think, a good amount of money, probably more than your restructured Jenkins contract? Yes, I think they'll be very similar. More veteran players that you know are past their primes, but still really, really good players. And I think they're very, very similar. Same with a guy like Josh Norman. And they play very similar as well. They like to get the turnovers and they're players that are smart, you know, and I feel like all that stuff is great and it's, you know, that's good. And I think you can get any of those guys and they'll fit into this defense really nicely. But you already have a player like that with Jenkins who knows the defense. He's been on the roster for over a year, kind of, you know, obviously he got signed in that 2019 season. But again, he's a guy that will come up in here, do some really good stuff. I mean, you're looking at his season. He was very solid throughout. Lattimore was up and down. You saw the downs, but then you saw the, the high ups. I mean, you look at uh, Janoris, who is just, you know, 70, 50, 50. This is uh, opponent passer rating, uh, 60, 97, 27, 77, 61. And at the end of the season, he did have a little blip. He had a 150 and a 145. But ultimately, I thought he played really well. And look, this season, I think, was a really solid one for him. I mean, just overall, I thought he played well. And it's a consistent one. I mean, he's basically been a consistent, really solid player for the Saints over this year and then also the last bit of last year. I mean, just looking at his career, his last four years between the Giants 
and the Saints. I mean, it's just really been that consistent, like 70 PFF grade, just straight down the board, and that's how good he's been. And he'll probably continue to be that for a few more years, and that's why I would love these Saints to go out and keep him. And that's something that's big. I mean, maybe you keep a guy like Josh Norman, still very similar. I mean, you look at his season this year, kind of that 70 PFF level was the number two corner to Tredavious White, excuse me, there. And obviously he was doing some good things with the, the with the Bills. They went very far. He's a 72 grade. So he was right there. I mean, you're just looking at what uh, Norman did with opponent pass rating, kind of the same types of stuff with Jenkins. You the 56, you see the 100, 60, all in that area, both solid players. And he played actually really good in the postseason, um, Josh Norman. So that's obviously good if, you know, it's a, it's a player the Saints go after. He had a great postseason, so maybe that will up his price a little bit. But you get what I'm saying. I mean, I, I think the Saints will go out and get a veteran guy. Now, I could see them drafting someone as well, maybe in the first or second round. I mean, you have Asante Samuel Jr. He's the guy that I really like in that similar vein who's going to make plays, a playmaker. Uh, J.C. Horn's another guy that I really like, but probably will be a first-round talent and may go above the, where the Saints pick at 28. But if he fell to 28, I would go get him because he's a playmaker and you want playmakers on your team. And he's a guy you put him opposite Marshawn Lattimore and then, I mean, it's really sky's the limit between those two guys. And, like, if you had Janoris maybe with them, I, I don't know how that would work. Maybe they would cut uh, Janoris then if uh, Horn fell to them. But that's a guy that, obviously, son of uh, Joe Horn, who was obviously on the Saints and had some great season at wide receiver. Um, I really do believe that the Saints, what they're going to end up doing is keeping Janoris or getting a veteran-type guy. And then they're also going to then draft a cornerback, and he's going to be the next guy kind of waiting in the wings after a year or two. And again, I feel like that's what's going to happen here with this situation and with Janoris and all that stuff. Maybe the Saints just cut Janoris. They figure out a deal where they don't have to give him a ton of dead money and they can spread that out over a few years. And then they go um, draft a cornerback. That's very, very possible. But right now, when you don't know what you're doing with the draft, you don't want to leave that hole without Janoris. And it's not like the Saints then would have another cornerback. Do you want to keep Patrick Robinson as your number two corner? Not really. You would like to keep him in that third role. And then you're looking at um, who else would be there. Not much. I mean, hopefully Justin Hardy, if you re-sign him, but he's more of a special teams piece. So really, you go re-sign, restructure Janoris Jenkins. I think he's a good player for the Saints and a really solid one. If you want to go out and get a player like Josh Norman, I wouldn't be mad or upset. Very similar players, in my opinion. And they're probably do very similar things. Same with Patrick Peterson. But if you have a player, a veteran player like that on your roster already, why would you go out and replace him with a similar player? It just doesn't make much logic when you have a good solidified player who's fit into the system really nicely. Like Janoris Jenkins, ever since he's came here, he's been just money. And I think he continues that. He's never had like a really bad game over this 2020 season and at the end of 2019. He's always been steady Eddie. And I think he does continue that. So again, that's really what I'm thinking here for that position opposite Marshawn Lattimore. Get Janoris Jenkins in here for two more years. Draft a rookie, probably second round pick where he can be your slot this year corner. Or, you know, maybe he's your depth corner this year. And then the following year he comes up and starts. Or maybe you move Janoris in the slot. Maybe you do something else and that opens up more space for Chauncey Garner-Johnson. Excuse me, there. And that type of stuff I think would be really cool. So that's just kind of what I'm thinking here for this cornerbacks, these two cornerbacks. I mean, we'll talk about uh, the third slot cornerback, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, when we talk about our safeties, as I said. Just a few more cornerbacks. You had Patrick Robinson, who I thought played really well in a depth role for the Saints this season. He came up, and he came up big here in a few games. Remember, he had that interception in the Week 4 game against the Lions. To me, that was really big uh, for this team. It was in the red zone. 
And you, you look at Robinson and the games he started in and played in, he played pretty well. And I mean, you had the Detroit game where he had an 80 PFF grade, the San Francisco game where he had a 70 PFF grade, the Denver game where he played a few snaps or more than a few, he played 20 snaps and had a 70 grade. Um, so he was right around there playing pretty solid. He played against the Chargers as well. And again, pretty solid overall. He's a player that to me is, I mean, he's just a pretty solid guy as a depth, a depth player, excuse me. Um, he's a guy that really does a lot of good stuff. I mean, you're looking at the passer ratings against nothing really that high, which is obviously good to see. I think that if defenses had four or five, or offenses, excuse me, had four or five weeks, they'd probably tap into him and then he would be able to get um, exploited because obviously I think the speed's a big thing, but he looked pretty good out there. And that's something as a depth piece, you keep him around and he'll be on the roster next year. So that's good stuff for the Saints. And then, you know, looking at a guy like Justin Hardy, we'll talk about him a little later when we get into special teams. But overall, really good job. I think the Saints cornerback group did to me was the best one I've ever seen as a fan since 2006. So overall, good stuff from them. And we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we'll get into all the safeties, Malcolm Jenkins, Marcus Williams, and then also Chauncey Garner-Johnson. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Houdat Discussion Podcast. Welcome back into the Houdat discussion, and now we're going to get into our safeties here when recapping our 2020 season here, and we're just going to jump right into it talking about Marcus Williams, who is really one of the talks of the town here in New Orleans because he's going to be a free agency entering the open market, and he has just been so good for the Saints over the last few seasons. I mean, everyone's going to go back to the Minnesota Miracle play, but I think this year... And especially that hit, I forgot who, if it was Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey, he made a big hit over the middle against the Chiefs, and it was a grown man's hit, and it jarred the ball loose, and it ended up being a PBU for him. And to me, that marked the end of the missed tackle, for, for me at least with Marcus Williams. He's growing up from it. And that, in that moment, I said, let's re-sign him. He deserves it, and he should get a big contract, because he's past the uh, Minnesota Miracle, and maybe fans aren't, but I think he is. And I think that symbolic moment and this whole season, I thought he had a great season because he was doing a lot of great stuff. It was the return to the single high type stuff that the Saints played with him. And then they were doing some other really nice schemes with Dennis Allen. I think he fits really nicely with the other safeties as well with the Saints. And he's a guy that I think when you look at Malcolm Jenkins, you look at Chauncey Garner-Johnson, you're able to put a guy like Williams in there and really... Williams is going to shine, and again, I, I do really love what he was able to do um, in these in this season. I mean, you're just looking at the end of the season; he played outstanding. Beginning of the season, you had a little rough start to the to the you know very beginning. He had a very tough game against the Packers, but besides that, it wasn't even so bad like the other games. It was more of just that that Packers game was really tough. That Vegas game was really tough. But besides those two, um, when the Saints started to win, Williams started to play well, and you saw that and. Again, I thought, and you even saw like those few games after, a lot of people were calling for Williams' head and like midseason, like, oh, the Saints need to go replace him. It's been really bad. And then like, it was really that Chicago game, maybe the Carolina game, where the, 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 the switch flipped and he was just outstanding and he was playing on an elite level. And at that moment, you're like, we need him back because if Marcus Williams is playing at his top, kind of like Marshawn Lattimore, um, there's not many players like him and you want to keep those players. So, I do think that Williams ends up re-signing here with the Saints. I think the Saints are going to pick between Williams and Hendrickson, and I go Williams to keep the group together. That's the theme of the episode. Keep the secondary group together. 
And I think Williams did that. And I think he's becoming the seasoned player, the seasoned NFL starter, and he's coming into his prime. And I do expect a big year from him next year. I really do think he's going to be a really solid player. And whoever gets him, I think they're getting a really solid player that's growing and blossoming into his prime. And that's something that I really hope the Saints get. I mean, you just look at him. I thought he did a great job, especially towards the end of the season. He just looked really good. And, you know, you're obviously not going to see it really with, like, the passer ratings and that stuff because usually the safeties don't get really plugged with anything. You would have to go watch the tape to figure that all out. And just, like, you saw the eye test. He didn't hear him much, which meant really good stuff. And, like, what the Saints were trying to do here over this last few games of the season when they played Brady, when they played Mahomes, these good offensive teams— they relied on their safeties a lot to range over, make big plays, and they did that, and they did it really well. So shout out Marcus Williams, who had a great end of the season, amazing end of the season. A little tough start, but he got better, and that's what we like to see throughout the season. And I feel like that's just how these secondaries play, which may be a thing with Aaron Glenn's secondaries. Like, I'm not 100% sure. Maybe it takes him a few games to, like, figure out how to coach these guys this season, which, I mean, we don't really know. And we're going to have to see next season, especially if this group stays together with Chris Richard coming in. I do think that is really interesting here um, when looking at Williams and kind of seeing what he does. And I mean, he's a player that you saw him late in the season. He was a very, he was an elite player. I mean, you just saw it out there. He played really solid. Um, it was great to see his tackle PFF grade at 91, which just shows like, I think his tackling got really good this year and like, you knew the cover stuff was there. So that tackling was really good. The cover stuff was there and it ended up with a really good season. So shout out Marcus Williams. Hope the Saints re-signed him. I mean, you know, the contract, we're not hundred percent sure yet what he'd get. I mean, he'd get a, he'd get a big contract. I mean, but he deserves it probably five years, four years, whatever it ends up being. But I, I do think he deserves it. And I mean, I think he's going to get it. So that's just really what it is there for Marcus Williams and really hope the Saints keep him. And I'll keep on saying it, keep him. And he's a guy, I'll probably write an article about it on Saints News Network, how the Saints really should keep um, Marcus Williams because he's a guy that um, I would love to see with the Saints to keep. And no matter what the cost is, the Saints can figure it out. Marcus Williams is a keeper here for this Saints secondary. Moving over to Malcolm Jenkins, who I thought had a really solid year for the Saints. And he's a guy that I think coming in, he had a Phil Von Bell spot on this defense, and I thought he did it really well, which I think is good to see. I think a lot of people, especially coming into the season, I, I didn't think they thought much of Mar- uh, Malcolm Jenkins, and he didn't play good to start the season, so that really didn't help that. But you saw, you know, that Week 7 game against the Bears, that really was the turning point. And you go back to that, and, like, I was just looking at our old episodes and just like, oh, like, how did this season really go? It was that Week 7 game. We were like, was it just a, um, a one-game thing against a bad offense with the Bears? Or was it a page turner for this defense? And it ended up being a page turner. And I really thought that Malcolm Jenkins played well after that. Even before that, he had some good games. But the solid play overall started um, after that or during that that Bears game. And you just saw he would always X out tight ends. He had a really bad game against Darren Waller. But really after that, no tight end really did much on him. And again, really, that's that's great to see. And to me, Jenkins is going to come back to the probably similar role. I thought the Saints learned how to use him towards that end of the season, and he's going to continue that. So I, next year, believe he's going to have a more upside season, a more steady season, and he's, I think he's going to keep improving, even though he's maybe getting older. I think he's going to offset that by learning the Saints system a little more, and kind of, um, so I feel like you're going to see him maybe, as he gets older, get worse, you know, just his overall talent, but learning the, the Saints 
defense and becoming more familiar with it. I think this year may be his best year in this new Saints contract. And then you may see a dip. Maybe like his year one is going to be like his year three. And then year four, you may see a more dip. But this year two, I think will be his best season. I think he's going to have a good season there. And overall, he did a lot of great things for the Saints. So nothing really more to say for Malcolm Jenkins. And then moving over to our last starting safety cornerback, kind of both with Chauncey Garner-Johnson. And he's a guy that Always loved uh, getting into some fights, getting some guys ejected. I think that was really great. I mean, I just want to start that off with Chauncey Garner-Johnson because I think that's what the rest of the league kind of knows him by. Oh, he's the guy that gets into fights. And he's a guy that would just get guys really riled up. Like, he would get players really riled up. I mean, you saw multiple Jacksons this season because of Chauncey Garner-Johnson. I mean, you saw the whole thing with Michael Thomas because of Chauncey Garner-Johnson. I mean, this guy is the ultimate trash talker. And whatever he's saying on the field... I mean, it's what's working because he really gets in guys' head. I want to start off by that because he brings that swagger, and you love to see that. And he's a guy that I think the Saints, the Saints secondary has that swagger, and he's part of that reason. And he's a player that he's really is like an X factor because he can do a lot of different things. He can cover, he can you know rush off the edge, which is great to see as well. And I and I do think that's really big when looking at Johnson. Just does a ton of different things, and he's a fun player to watch. And that's another thing, really fun to watch. Just him ranging across the field, making big plays, celebrating after, talking, yeah, but it always brings a smile to your face as a Saints fan, like, thank God he's on our team, because he's a guy that just does a lot of great stuff, and he's going to continue to play that slot role for the Saints. I think they found a nice niche for him here in this defense, and I think that'll continue. Maybe his role will expand, especially if you see um, guys leave, like a Marcus Williams leave, you'll probably see Johnson's role, um, you know, expand. But I, I think the Saints will keep this group together, and that means Johnson will have this similar role, and he'll probably get better at it, and you'll see him better in the slot and continue to get better and better and better. And that's something that's really big for the Saints, and I'm happy that they continue that. So that's really what it is for Chauncey Garner-Johnson. And then finally, one of our last few players here, I'm just going to kind of name them off quickly. You had P.J. Williams, who came in and kind of played a depth role for the Saints. I mean, he's a guy that does a lot of different things with P.J., and He's a guy that I think the Saints will keep around for another year, even though his contract's up. He's a guy that, to me, is just good depth because he can play cornerback, but he also can play safety. He's kind of moving into that safety role, but he can do both, and that's really good depth. And to me, that's really good depth to have, and you continue that. And he can play cornerback at a starting level. He can play slot corner at a starting level, and maybe he's turning into a safety that can play it for a few games at a starting level. That's really valuable, so I do say keep P.J. Williams. And then looking at um, D.J. Swearinger, another veteran-type player, plays safety which is, you know, good. I would like to keep him if it's on a, you know, vet minimum one-year deal. He's starter depth. He's started before, all that stuff. So that's obviously good to see. And then JT Gray, the special teams ace, we'll get into special teams in a bit, but you're keeping him around for special teams reasons. And to me, that is really big. So now we are going to move over to special teams, just talking about it. We wrapped up our cornerback safety secondary here. A lot of great things. Keep that group together from the mountaintops. Keep that group together. They were played so well at the end of the season. Want to see that continue into 2021. I mean, you just look at secondary play across the league. It's so volatile up and down. The Saints found a really nice combination. Keep it until it doesn't work. And that's just kind of my opinion there. But let's move into the special teams, which was interesting. I mean, you had Will Lutz coming in here. And he had this up and down season, which I thought was interesting. Because he's a guy that we all kind of knew... You know, at least going into the season, like you can almost go up and, you know, take a bathroom break while Lutz is kicking field goals. Like that's how automatic he was. But then it wasn't automatic. He missed kicks. I mean, during that that middle of the season, you did see him miss some kicks, which is 
concerning. He missed two against the Eagles. He missed one against the Falcons. Um, he missed one against the, the first Falcons game. Missed one against the Bears in, in the uh, the wild card game as well. I mean, that stuff that just can't happen. And it was happening at the later later part of the season, which is even worse. And I, I think he's fine. And I think it had something to do with his injury. And I, and I really do believe that. There was like, I mean, one time where he came up um, limping. And I do think it came from that. But I mean, that's something that I'm not worrying about unless he has a bad 2021. 20, I mean, you're gonna you can bring a kicker in always. Like if Lutz is really bad and he falls off the face of the earth, you can always bring in another kicker. That's why I'm not worried about it. But before you you know start slandering Lutz, let's see what he does this year. And to me, the Saints still have one of the best kickers in football with Will Lutz, and I do expect that continue here in 2021. And then Thomas Morstead, which is another interesting player because he's been so good for so long and. You saw a dip this year, and you know he was on Sports Overtime with Nader Murphick and um, Chris Rosevoglu, who both do an amazing job uh, covering the Saints. It's a great podcast. If you don't know it, definitely check it out. And I, you know, you're looking at what Morse had said in that, and he was like, "Oh, um, he had his eyes were weren't perfect, and he's going to get surgery on that. So maybe that had something to do with it." And um, you know, uh, a few other things. I think old age is obviously something, but he acknowledged it, and he said he's not retiring. I actually don't think Morstead stays. I, I I do think they got his replacement last year um, with the um, Blake Gillikin from Penn State in the undrafted free agent pool. Sorry about that there. Kind of his name escaped me for a second. And I do think he's a guy that's going to come up in here and be the new punter of the team. Looking at Morstead, I mean, maybe that was just one down year, but he's going to cost a lot of money and you can bring in a guy that, I mean, Gillikin looks like a really good punter too. Really strong leg and, um, had a great career at Penn State, so I think he's going to be actually good with the Saints. I give him a try, and we'll see what happens, because this year, Morstead was average to maybe below average, so I mean, if Gilkin's that, you get the same production as last year, and you're hoping that he could become a Morstead-type long-term fit for the Saints, but we'll have to see. Maybe they keep Morstead. He, you know, if he would stay and Breeze would retire, um, he would be, I guess, one of the two last players to play on that Super Bowl team. Obviously, Malcolm Jenkins would be the other. So that's something to look out for. So that's kind of what the kicking and punting rolls for the Saints. So watch out for Gilkin taking over Morstead. I do think it ends up happening. And um, look, I mean, you, you give Gilkin the shot, the shot. You didn't keep him on kind of injured reserve all year just to not play him. So I do think he's at least going to get a shot. Maybe they bring both into training camp and the better one wins the job. But I think he's going to at least get a chance here. That's just what I'm thinking here for the Saints. Then moving it over to returner. And that's where Deontay Harris comes into play. He's just a bad man when he returned the football. He's that good. You saw him in the playoff game against the Bucs. I mean, he just took over the beginning of that game. And I honestly think no one talks about it. But if Deontay Harris didn't get hurt in that game, I really do, the Saints, do think the Saints would have had a better shot. Because he would have been able to get open in that in that short areas that I think would have helped the Saints a lot. I think it would have been a different game. I, I mean, I don't know if the Saints would have won. I don't know if that would have stopped Brees from throwing the picks. But when Deontay Harris came off, came out of this this game and off the field, there was a noticeable shift in the game. That that's all I'll say. And um, Deontay is going to come back to this team not only as a receiver but as a returner and be that All Pro returner. I mean, he's just dynamite back there. And we'll see with the injuries because he did get injured this year, but he should be fine here going to 2021. No worries. And his backup Marquez Callaway is also to me a really solid returner. Didn't think he'd be that good back there, but he was really solid. Not as good as Harris, but solid. So that's obviously good to see as well. And then kind of the, the Gunners and 
the guys blocking, the guys going and making tackles, guys like JT Gray, guys like Justin Hardy, keep them because it's a very important, that field position is so, so important. And if you can keep those guys around, that really helps turn games around. And it really does. So Justin Hardy, JT Gray, I do expect the Saints to keep them. Also, they're good depth and they're good young depth too. And I think they're they're getting better. So um, to me, that's where you... Um, keep these guys. I mean, maybe you keep some other guys around, but really it's Hardy and Gray. Those are your two gunners, and you keep them out there because they're really, really solid. Um, both guys are kind of Pro Bowl gunners, so that's obviously good to see there and kind of what the Saints are doing at the special teams. Keep those guys together, and that'll be interesting to see what they do in free agency to do that. Um, I believe uh, Gray is a restricted free agent, and then you have Hardy, who's the um, unrestricted free agent. I think the Saints end up signing both, so... That's just kind of what I think here from this uh, special team situation and really love what they're doing. So that is going to wrap up here our recap of the 2020 season and now looking forward to the 2021 offseason, the 2021 season. And again, I really can't wait to this everything to get going, the free agency, all that stuff. And we're going to get all into that next week. So I think with all that said, it is time to wrap up this episode. If you like what we're doing here at the Houdat Discussion, you should definitely follow us on all of our social media platforms. That means on Twitter, you can follow us at the Houdat Disc. On Instagram, you can follow us at Houdat Discussion. And then also, you can listen to the Houdat Discussion wherever you get all your other podcasts. That means iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. We are on all of those sites. And this was definitely a fun episode, kind of diving into the secondary, which was really fun. I think it's such an important group for the Saints. And like when they're not playing well, it's it's a group everyone loves to rag on. So I think it's important talking about them, especially when they played well um, at the end of last season or really the most of last season. And they really helped this team become a top five defense. So that was obviously so, so important. And keep this group together. That's probably going to be the title of this episode. How the Saints are going to keep this group together here in 2021. And I really hope they end up doing that. But I think with all that said, I want to say thank you guys for listening. Turn it loose and who dat?